Welcome to the Ride This Out podcast, where we talk about how to improve your mental health and strengthen your connection to nature and your community, all through one simple solution, the bicycle. My name is Zach Golding, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker and mental health therapist. I'll be your host as we discuss the power of pedaling. Right, welcome into this week's session. I talk with Stephanie McMillan. Stephanie is from Phoenix, Arizona. She's a personalized strength and fitness and nutrition coach. She's also a nurse. She specializes in working with uh, women mountain bike riders, um, helping them improve their strength and their confidence and their nutrition, all those things related to um, increasing their performance on the mountain bike and or if they're just getting into it. So awesome conversation. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking with her and I really enjoy following her on, on Instagram. She has a lot of really cool con- content out there um, that can be beneficial for everyone. So um, enjoy this week's session. And again, thank you for sharing it. Thank you for uh, listening, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all those things. I've had a couple people reach out to me personally saying that they really enjoyed listening and uh it's encouraged them to get out and ride so which is awesome that's the whole point of this podcast so enjoy this week's uh discussion with stephanie no you're awesome hey i just wanted to ask by uh just start off by having to introduce yourself who you are where you're from kind of what you do and just all the things yeah, sure. So um, my name is Stephanie McMillan. I'm originally from Indiana, so I'm a Midwest girl, but I moved to the west side of the country 2014-ish. I started doing travel nursing, um, so I was out west for a couple of years, finally settled down in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've been here since 2018. So after doing travel nursing and COVID, all that stuff hit. I was really burnt out on nursing, um, was looking to find a way to further impact the community outside of the hospital and get people healthy and keep them out of the hospital. And so I started doing health coaching and that has progressed to working with mountain bikers particularly. So that's where I'm at now and um, really loving what I'm doing and finding it to be much more fulfilling and less stressful. Yeah, that's when I was, I came across your Instagram account and I was like really intrigued by all the stuff that you have going on and just how it's kind of geared towards, you know, the mountain bike community and specifically, you know, female riders and stuff. How did you get into mountain biking? It sounds like you just kind of started that. um, I mean, not too long ago, right? Yeah, well, I started riding in 2018, but I didn't really... Uh, I was kind of doing it as something to do with my boyfriend, um, something we could do together. He's been riding for a really long time. I was riding his uh, hardtail, large frame giant. I'm only five six, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a, a lot of extra bike for me, and I I just wasn't really enjoying it. Um, and then I got on a full suspension that was still not the right size, but uh, much more enjoyable, and also had like a very eye-opening experience or mindset shift um, at Red Bull Rampage in October of uh, 2021. And 
kind of just became obsessed with mountain biking after that really just dove in head first and started shifting my coaching from being more geared towards general health towards um, helping mountain bikers be healthier. I saw a lot of women that I, I realized they're not in the gym or working on strength and mobility to supplement their riding and knowing how much it helps just generally with health and also like, you know, mind muscle connection, uh, body positioning, balance, vision, hand eye coordination, you know, injury prevention. I was like, man, I got to get these ladies um, more confident with their decisions regarding their health off the bike as well. No, I love it. And I think a lot of that, you know, confidence, right. It just builds um, more confidence and then you're just able to enjoy the ride a lot more. How did, uh, tell me more about this red pole rampage thing did you like go to an event or just watch it on youtube or something or what was it that really roped you in well i went to the event and i guess it wasn't necessarily the event itself obviously that was awesome but you don't see people jumping off of a huge cliff and think i could do that <laughs> it was more that i was at uh the like old site with a couple of friends after the event and everybody else was jumping and i saw one of the girls that I had, you know, uh, had kind of gone with our group had kind of all come from Phoenix and gone up somewhat together. And I looked at my boyfriend, I was like, wow, she's so good. And he said, that's Katie. And I was like, Katie, that I know. And he said, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, sorry. I'll, I'm never going to be as cool as Katie. And he just looked at me and goes, well, not with that attitude and just rode off. And I was like, oh, my God he's right. I could, I could do that. Like, obviously I can't jump off of a cliff, but she's just going down like a, a jump line. Like there's no reason I can't do that. So that's where that mindset shift came from. And at the same time, I, I had a, a ride that I really enjoyed and had like fun on. And I was like, okay, this, this can kind of somewhat also replace, I was in the bodybuilding world before I found mountain biking too. And um, bodybuilding for me was a very, challenging sport mindset wise to be in and I was looking for something to replace that because there were other aspects of bodybuilding that didn't jive well with my lifestyle so <laughs> uh, once I realized that mountain biking could kind of fill that gap too it was just everything kind of came full circle and it I, I genuinely became so enthralled with the whole sport and the community and everything about it I love it so you're you're down in Phoenix you say then yes I've never ridden in Phoenix. How do you ride when it's 120 degrees down there when it's so hot? So you either ride very, very early in the morning. Uh, you ride at night with lights. Um, some people still ride during the day. I, I call that intense heat training. I mean, you have to be very careful doing that and you have to know what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, it's not, you don't see a lot of people on the trails in the summer. It's definitely more of our off season. Yeah. Well, and I assume, too, the wintertime is pretty prime down there to ride, right? Well, you know, it's funny. I say it's our off season, but it's kind of both. Some people, it is their on season because the days are a lot longer. So you can ride like after work and into the evening a lot easier, but it's still pretty hot. So uh, I prefer to ride in the winter because the days are, are chill and it doesn't start getting warm until, you know, mid afternoon. And even when it does, it's still tolerable yeah yeah so you you did this travel nursing stuff for a while and i'm sure that was just insane with all the covid things right like tell me about that experience oh um 
Yeah, I I didn't travel a lot during COVID. I was only at three different facilities during that time. Um, and it was just kind of chaos. I mean, Phoenix was a bit of a hot spot. So definitely a lot of burnout, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of bringing work home with me, um, a lot of you know, just frustration. So was very happy to uh, step further away from that role. I mean, I still do... Uh, travel nursing or take nursing assignments about I'd say on average like once a year um, and I have a PRN position actually back in Indiana so I go home every 12 weeks or so and work like a couple shifts just to keep <clears throat> keep my nursing license active oh, right on so I would like during that whole time right like and even just the stresses of of just your general day-to-day -day work. Um, do you use mountain biking as an outlet? Were you using it then or not really? Or what were you kind of doing to, to kind of self-care and get through that? You know, that's a, I wish I would have found my love for mountain biking before uh, or during COVID. By the time I became really obsessed with it in 2021, obviously COVID was still around, but I had already stepped away from working in the hospital setting, um, especially as quite as often if I was doing it, it was infrequent. Um, so I didn't have the opportunity to use mountain biking as an outlet during that time, but it certainly is one. Um, unfortunately, I had to like switch to, you know, I, I was in the gym as long as I could and then home workouts, which um, definitely still doable, but I don't personally enjoy as much. So it was a definitely hard time mentally. And I was wish I had mountain biking during that time. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I think, um, you know, that whole pandemic with everyone went through, it caused us to kind of shift gears in a way, right. Just kind of rethink a lot of the things that we're doing and the, how we cope with stuff and what we're doing for our careers and how we can just kind of focus on other stuff. So that, I think it's awesome that you kind of pivoted and, you know, found your love for mountain biking. And then here you are doing the health coaching stuff for that. So um, as you're doing this, thing now with your the health coaching um do you get out and ride with your clients do you like just teach them like walk me through like a day-to-day -day thing like what you do with your your clients sure yeah um a lot of my clients are actually not local to me because i do most of my training online um if i'm getting out and riding with a client it's usually just for fun i'm not a mountain biking coach i'm not like pmba certified or anything like that so it would just be a social ride um obviously can give like some general pointers, but I'm not, again, not a mountain biking coach. So my coaching is geared more towards uh, nutrition and eating enough to fuel your ride so that you feel good, not only during, but after your ride. I think we all can relate to that uh, feeling of going on a ride and then being literally like melted into the couch the rest of the day because you're so exhausted and you need to recover from that ride. So helping people learn how to prevent that so they can mountain bike and still enjoy the rest of their life. Um, and then also strength training to improve uh, endurance and speed, reaction time, balance, those types of things. And, and a lot of education. I've always, always really enjoyed educating people. And I think that that kind of comes from my own need to know why I'm doing something. Um, <laughs> don't know what it is, but I'm way more likely to do something if I know why it's impactful or why I should be doing it versus somebody just telling me to do it. So uh, focus a lot on education as well. I love that. And yeah, that's 
what I appreciate about like all the info that you put out on your Instagram page. I, that's what I love about it. I mean, you're always kind of giving tips about nutrition and strength training and all sorts of different stuff. So super cool what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I actually give a lot of info on my Instagram. Um, I think the difference between, you know, coaching and getting coaching in a structured setting is that the information's laid out a little bit more personalized for you, you know, helping you decide which things to implement, uh, which things make more sense to implement with your lifestyle and how to go about implementing them, um, not just like understanding the concept itself. So uh, that's my goal with Instagram is just educate. And then if somebody becomes a client, then they get the full package of, you know, how do I make this work with my lifestyle of all these pieces? How do I put them together? Yeah, super cool. What are some of like the main, you know, questions or concerns that a lot of your clients have that you try to address or that you, you know, just help them through? Um, I'd say the most common, um, maybe not a concern, but issue that people come to me with is wanting more endurance or um, getting up hills, climbing. Uh, and I'm sorry, what you said, what, what are some things I tell them to do? Yeah, just kind of like what they're going through. And then, I mean, you don't have to give all of your secrets out, you know, during this <laughs> session, but just some basic tips, like some of the things that have really helped them and helped them improve their, their wellness. Yeah, for sure. So as far as improving endurance, um, obviously more time on the bike is going to be king. Uh, that's, you can't really compare to getting more time on the bike, but we all know that that doesn't uh, always mesh well with your lifestyle you don't always have time to get all the way to a trail so implementing even just some mobility or strength work into your routine at least twice a week two days a week is enough to see benefits from that um you know the data shows that how often you train and the progress that you see is correlated so the more you train the more benefit you're going to see or crossover you're going to see but that two day a week mark is kind of that starting point where you really will start to see benefits and i think a lot of people feel overwhelmed when they're trying to implement um especially strength training or gym stuff or something new like that into their lifestyle and they think they have to go you know balls to the walls and do it every day and you really don't two days a week is enough um and especially for riders, if, if you're only going two days a week, full, going something like a full body workout versus like an upper body day and a lower body day is going to make it a lot easier for you to recover so that you can still get back out there on your bike and it won't impact your uh, time in the saddle quite as much. Yeah. And I guess like for you personally, right, like um, mountain biking is an intimidating sport. You know, you, you get on, you, like you're not sure what gear to have. You're not sure you know, what you're going to, like, what trail you're going to hit, you, you show up and everyone's got like the nicest gear and you're just like, I'm, you know, kind of like an imposter here. What am I doing? Right. But like, how, uh, how have you developed your confidence with mountain biking and getting into it? And then like, how does that translate to you helping other people find that confidence too? Honestly, for me, it was doing more with the community, which it's like that thing that scares you, right? It's the thing you don't want to do because you're just exactly like you said, you're scared you're going to show up and feel like you don't know what you're talking about or like a total noob. But the thing about the mountain biking community is that they don't, they don't give a shit. Like they're just stoked that you're there. They just are <laughs> so happy to have another person along for the ride or somebody else getting stoked on bikes and that is so cool to me. Like the fact that you can show up to a group ride and you can have people from, you know, 
18 to, or younger, depending if their parents bring them, you know, younger to 60 and they're all riding somewhat in the same level. And it's just, that's so cool to me how in- inclusive the community is. So my best advice would be like, don't get scared, seek out your community in your area, find the people that are riding. And if the people that you find are assholes, find different people. <laughs> <laughs> because there, there are people out there that want you to to come along and join on the ride and they are happy to show you the ropes wait for you on the uphill or the downhill nobody cares how fast or slow you are like again everybody's just stoked to be on bikes so um getting out there and doing more group rides was pivotal for me gaining my confidence uh on the bike actually and just helped me realize that i was kind of progressing exactly how i was supposed to no, I if love, yeah, that's, if there is a supposed to, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's solid advice too, right? Like I, <laughs> if the people around you are jerks, yeah, just find new people. Like I, I love that. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not, you know, there are people who are, who, and I don't want to say they're jerks just because they're taking the sport seriously, but maybe they just have different goals than you, right? Maybe they are trying to race and improve their time and they aren't going to want to wait for you. And that doesn't mean that they're an a-hole or a jerk, you know, they're just uh, maybe not the right group for you right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, everyone's got to get their, you know, King of the mountain Strava to best time or whatever. You just, if you want to do that, go ahead. Right. But the rest of you that just want to chill and ride, like that's again, that's the the best part about the group ride in the community. I love that. Just connecting to it. And for sure. Yeah, they just help I, you feel so included. I always say that at the beginning of every group ride that I lead, I'm like, Hey, this isn't the, if you're out here to get like a QOM, this isn't the ride for you. Like do that on your own time. We're like doing a social pace. You know, it's usually when people lead group rides, they're pretty upfront about what you should expect on the ride too. And if they say a no drop ride, like they're not going to leave you behind. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Which so with actually, some... funny story, when I yeah. first went on my first no drop ride for like the first year I was riding, I thought that meant that there were no drops on the ride, like huh? as in trail features. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what, <laughs> tell us what the no drop is. It just means that they're not going to leave you behind. They're not going to like speed off and leave you waiting somewhere lost looking for the rest of the group. It means the group stays as a group. <laughs> nice. Yep. No one, no one's dropped behind <laughs> now you're probably hitting just major drops right you're dropping those cliffs now right after all this confidence and all the strength you've been building up yeah um that's actually drops i prefer drop drops to jumps um i don't know why but um i had been progressing pretty well with my uh drops and jumping i was starting to progress with before my injury but i am determined to get back to that point and continue progressing so yeah what was uh What's this injury that you had? Was that did you do that skiing? <laughs> well, uh, no, I was skiing the morning before I broke it, but um, oh. it was a multi-sport day. We went up to ski for like the last spring ski of the season, and then uh, up in Flagstaff, there's a bike park called um, uh, Fort Tuthill Bike Park, and it's just like jump lines, pump tracks, features, stuff to practice on, and um, I was riding one of them like medium-sized jump lines I was on not my bike I was on my boyfriend's dirt jumper which probably wasn't a great idea but I uh honestly I I cleared three tabletops and I was turning around to go back up to the start pad and washed out on completely flat ground and like I don't it just happened perfectly I think the bike slid into my leg and 
I broke my tibia in two places, my fibula in one place, and had a like non-displaced hairline in my malleolus, which is uh, part of the ankle. Uh, and this was like uh, this was just recent, right? This is like a couple couple months ago. Yeah, it was May sixth, and it was actually funny because I at the hospital, the doctor was like, "This is way more of a typical of a skiing injury than a mountain biking injury." And I was like, "Well, I, funny enough, I was skiing before I was mountain biking." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh that's the worst. I'm sorry. I uh, that's one thing that I've you know I, I messaged you when you posted a couple of your stories of like just your rehab process. I just I know exactly how that goes when you're just stuck in a boot and you're just feeling like you can't move or do anything. But then all of a sudden you, you jump on the exercise bike during uh, physical therapy and it's like, it's just gold, right? It feels so yeah. good. Yeah. That first day I was not anticipating her to say I was going to be able to get on the bike that day. I, <laughs> I've made my PT cry like probably three times because she's a sympathetic crier and I am an emotional person. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I crying happy tears and she's like, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> It was great. I was so stoked to be back on, even though I hate, I am not like a stationary bike person, but I, even then I was just very excited to be back on uh, some type of bike. Oh yeah. No. And that's again, like for me too, I would, I, I dislike stationary bikes as well, but for that, for those few months, I mean, that's what I could do. There's something about just that bilateral moving back and forth that it just brings peace to my mind. You know, even if you're just sitting there, it's definitely not the same having the wind in your hair and everything else, but just something about it just feels so good. Absolutely. And I mean, I even tried swimming before and I used to be a swimmer. I was on the swim team in high school and like, grew up swimming, but uh, it just wasn't, I mean, it was still good, but it wasn't the same, even as being on like a stationary bike with zero resistance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, how have you, uh, during this whole process, right? I mean, you're still kind of a little bit immobile right now. How have you been able to, to get through the grind of their, you know, your rehab and just where you're at mentally? Um, you know, the mental heart part has been the harder struggle, um, up and ups and downs, lots of ups and downs. You know, I had a few weeks there where I was like really struggling, uh, when all your coping mechanisms and all your tools that you've built are for your mental health are active. I mean, I do, uh, meditate, but I had definitely, and actually it's funny. That's what I started doing a lot during COVID. I remembered after you asked me that, that's something that I did. So I did kind of have to revert back to some of my um, other coping mechanisms that aren't quite as active. Um, but I'm, I'm pushing through. I've been able to luckily still get back in the gym. I think I was only out of the gym for like two weeks. And that was just mainly because I didn't want to be, you know, on, on pain meds and trying to like carry weights around. And I was like, I'm going to hurt myself further. <laughs> increase my uh, recovery time. So luckily I've still been able to do a lot of stuff. And, and honestly, I'm grateful that my recovery time's not longer. I've had a, a lot of conversations with a lot of people who have had you know injuries similar or not that off bike way longer. So um, I'm grateful the situation always could be worse. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely puts things in perspective. Right. I mean, it still sucks. It's still a hard thing to go through when you're in it, but then yeah, you hear other stories and you're like, okay, my, my situation's not that bad. Yeah. 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 You never want to like discount your own struggle because it is very real, but perspective is uh, always key. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when, when are you able to get back on the bike? 
Um, hopefully, I mean, as soon as I can walk and put full weight on my leg, um, without any pain. So hopefully like four weeks ish, but you know, time, time will tell. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to rush it for sure. But I think, you know, just that's exciting that there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I told him, you know, telling somebody, telling a mountain biker to let pain be your guide, that's kind of a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's levels to that. What would you, you know, they're like, no pain at all. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But well, yeah, no, I, I wish you a speedy recovery. I know that, um, again, while you're through it, and the, the hardest thing for me is just like, you're talking about the community and everything when you're, when you're not part of that community, that's can be like the hardest part mentally coming going through an injury or rehab you're not around the people that you're normally around or doing the activities you do with them right like that's got to be a struggle too for you yeah I don't know if you experienced this with your injury at all um I've talked to again a lot of people and I've like done a little bit of research on athlete injury stuff and since my injury just kept curiosity and um it seems as though a lot of athletes or high functioning people when they have an injury like this, they do tend to go through almost like some type of identity crisis. Like who am I without my sport, without my activities? Um, so definitely experienced that a little bit. And I think if I would have been down any longer than I am or was, that would have been a way, way bigger factor. Um, so yeah, I did. I don't know. How, how long were you out with your injury? Yeah, no, I absolutely relate to that. I was, I mean, my injuries were kind of um, weird. I had a really bad ankle injury a year ago that I was out for a few months on. And then I rehabbed from that. But then right when I got back into playing sports again, playing basketball, I tore my ACL again. And so then I was out for, you know, it's been eight months since then. So oh, I'm wow. finally getting back into riding more and riding more with my, my cousins and my friends and stuff. Um, I'm still kind of like going back and forth mentally about, returning back to playing basketball because it's just like is this really worth it you know but that's it's the community it's the people it's that identity that you're like oh, I don't want to give that up but I just have to yeah. just have to kind of learn to modify it and adjust your expectations and adjust your you know the way you do things a little bit and you can still that's what I'm kind of dealing with now is just like okay how can I still do this but do it uh, a little more you know calculated a little more smart so yeah, a little more, a little more safely. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. People are like, when are you going to get back on the bike? And I'm like, well, I don't know what back on the bike is going to look like. I'm sure a couple of weeks will just be like me riding around my neighborhood and like on grass. I don't, I don't think I'm just going to jump back onto the trails just because I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to anticipate. Maybe I'm just expecting that so that if I can't jump back on the trails mentally, I'm prepared for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think but that's what I love about the biking process is, I mean, you know, there's so many different levels to it, right? Like you said, just if you're just riding around the neighborhood, like you can get still such a good benefit mentally and physically yeah. just of just cruising around, like the, what it can do for your, your like mind you and your emotions. Wind in your hair. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you just feel so young and just cruising around like a little kid. And that's, that's one thing I loved about your uh, kind of your bio and your approach that I was reading about is that that was one of your goals, right? And your missions is to like help people to be able to ride into their old age. Cause I think that a lot of people, they think they have to give something up that they love, but you know, you can, again, you can make modifications and adjustments and, and do things so you can continue to reap those benefits. Yeah, for sure. And man, there's a, 
And I'm kind of, now I'm kind of upset at myself because I cannot remember her name. And I know that she's fairly well known in like the mountain biking community here in Phoenix, but she's um, an older lady. She's a, well into her sixties and she's still ripping down double blacks. Like uh, she's, she's nuts, well not nuts, but you know, she's, she's just still living the mountain biking life. And you see people online doing that all the time. So at some point, you know, minus, physical limitations and having to, you know, take your health into account age is somewhat of a construct. So that's inspiring to see again, how like far you can take mountain biking and, and how it can be a part of your life forever. Really? Yeah, no, I absolutely. I, I think, you know, there's trails for everybody, right? There's like yeah. you said, the double black diamonds, there's the easy green flowy just, or like kind of gravel trails. You can find whatever you're looking for, which is so, so fun. Well, and that's the other thing I love about like the community is they they really promote the idea that like, you don't have to be ripping down double blacks to can be considered a mountain biker. You are a mountain biker on the flowy greens. So you're still on, if you're on a bike, you're on the mountain, you're on a trail, you're a mountain biker. Like, whether you're even riding it well or not yet, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's, yeah, and you're just a part of that community, which is, which is so rad. I love it. And something that was um, actually happened has, or we're starting to work on, a friend of mine reached out um, after my injury and I've been a surprised, I don't want to say surprised, but impressed with um, how supportive my community has been around me and how many people have reached out. Cause it's like you said, you, you're part of that community and then you're, you're not showing up. So it's like, are you still a part of the community? But so many people have reached out and I actually had a friend even um, start a GoFundMe for a, uh, an adaptive bike, but it's like for the canals, but for uh, we're trying to raise money for the community so to have as a community bike that is going to be housed at uh, potentially like a bike shop. So when somebody in our community is injured and they're off bike, it's something that they can still use to get outside and get active because it's so important for your mental health. So that was something really cool that came out of this as well. And I'm excited to, you know, keep working towards obtaining. Oh yeah. That's, that's super cool. What a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank so you. with that, yeah, no, I love that. Um, just one last or a couple last questions for you. Um, I was so I, I, I've been mountain biking for, you know, quite a few years. I kind of grew up doing some BMXing, some mountain biking, and I've gotten back into it a lot more um, recently. And, you know, I got my wife into mountain biking. Um, she's been loving it, too. But again, it's kind of that confidence piece, right? Um, she, you know, we've had three kids and getting back into mountain biking, you know, postpartum, I, I'm curious if you ever work a lot with women in that situation like how was that getting back into to riding so i actually haven't personally worked with any women who are getting back to riding postpartum um i've worked with post women postpartum getting back to lifting uh, mm -hmm. but that's something that i actually am hoping to obtain more education on uh in the coming years because i do see that as a, a need i've come across a lot of women who are in that same position so I don't, you know, want to speak outside of my scope. I don't have any um, major information uh, on that, uh, but I am sure there are tons of resources out there. I wish I had somebody specifically to point you to, um, but hey, that just tells me even more that there's a need for it, right? 
Yeah, no, yeah, and I, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I think, you know, just getting back into strength training too, um, that's one thing that we've kind of recognized is that, um, you know, having kids is, it, it does a number on your body. And that's one thing I respect as, as my wife have got, has gone through um, birth so much. Cause I'm like, if, if you were to tell me to have an ACL surgery multiple times, I mean, I've, I've had two and they were the worst experience of my life. Like they were terrible. And so for, right. for a woman to sign up and say, yeah, I'm going to wreck my body for this kid and do it multiple times and then have to yeah. recover and rehab from that. Like, again, my respect for um, mothers of the world has just gone up so much because of that. Oh, but absolutely. There's a reason I ch- I've chosen not chosen that route for myself, but I am with you a hundred percent on that. I see, especially a, a lot of, you know, way off topic, but how our society kind of treats women and children or approaches motherhood as in like, you chose it too bad, figure it out. You know, it's like that women are, mothers are expected to do it all. And then some, and, and have very little support. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you're, you know, sounds like you're very supportive of your wife through the process. So that's great. No. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's a process for sure, but it's, it's so cool to see, the strength um, and like the resilience that that these moms can teach their kids, right? And so then, I like it just teaches the next generation that those those same skills, which is amazing. And so it's been cool to to kind of go through that process. But it you know it, it's it just like rehab and anything else. It takes patience. It takes time and like the strength training, getting back into it, and then the writing. So um, yeah. no, that's I think that's cool. I think yeah, that's one thing I would. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to run your business or anything, but that's, right. <laughs> I think well, there's definitely a need for it, right? Yeah. Ironically, uh, I have another coach who works for, so my company is called FNG or Fitness Nutrition Growth. And my other coach, Jana, who works uh, with me, she works with postpartum moms, specifically with strength training. Um, so I do have a very good resource for the strength training aspect. Uh, yes, I do have the knowledge myself, but typically I outsource to her because that's her specialty. Um but I would love to, I wish she mountain biked, <laughs> like, we got to get her on a mountain bike and get her into it. And then maybe she would. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Well, yeah, it's, you got to start somewhere, right? Just like the nice, yeah. easy stuff and, and get into it. So no, that's, that's super cool. And I, uh, again, I, I admire the stuff that you're doing to, to help progress the sport and to most importantly, just to help, um, you know, increase the confidence of the, the riders out there, specifically the female riders. Cause I think that that's such a, a huge, uh, a huge need for a lot of, for a lot of people that want to ride and get out there and enjoy the community. So what, I mean, you've given a lot of great advice during this podcast, but, um, any other like last advice that you'd give on someone just thinking about getting into mountain biking or thinking about getting into strength training or nutrition or anything else? Like what, where would you, I mean, I would definitely point them towards, towards you, but what other advice would you kind of give yes, them? Come over, come on into my DMS. I'd be happy to help you. Um, <laughs> I, well, I have, three call slots available next week for anybody who's interested in doing a strategy call. So if you have specific questions about strength and nutrition coaching, you can find me on Instagram at steph.mcmilly or at my website, which will direct, you can find my Instagram through my website or email me, but the website is uh, www.teamfng.page. But uh, if you're just looking for some general information, you don't have specific questions or want to go in depth or connect with me at this time, I would say realistically just picking one thing and mastering that at a time. 
So let's say, let's learn about protein. Pick them, just spend the month focusing on learning about protein, eating more protein. What food is protein? If, if it doesn't take you a month to master it, great. If it only takes you two weeks, that's awesome. Pick another new thing and incorporate that. But don't overwhelm yourself and think that you have to do it all. And that goes for mountain biking too. Like just pick a bike and get out on the trails and then, I mean, don't necessarily buy one. <laughs> Maybe go to a bike shop and demo one and just try riding a bike um, and see if you like it. Just get involved somehow with the community. Get on a bike, get on a ride, just try it. I love that. Yeah. And a lot of times that's the the hardest step, right? That the cliche term, the, the first step is often the hardest one. We think that it's so much effort, but just, I love that that you say, just, just try one little thing, right. And then it, it leads to those other things. So great. Yeah. Yeah. You start taking care of yourself. You know, you're going to see the benefits and you're going to feel better and you're going to see it, you know, crossing over to your riding and your time on the trail. And it is naturally going to motivate you to keep implementing more healthier things. So Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome, Stephanie. This is a great conversation. I appreciate you taking some time again and, and talking with me. And I, again, I wish you well in your rehab and, and your business and everything. And I'll, I'll continue to follow you. And uh, if you're ever up here in the Utah area, hit us up and we'd, we'd love to take you guys out for a ride. Yeah, I, I rode in Utah last summer and I've been dying to get back there and like kind of reclaim myself a little bit since I've made a little more progress. But uh, once I'm recovered, definitely Utah is in my future. So uh, same to you. If you're ever in Phoenix, be happy to show you around our trails out here. They're a lot different than they are in Utah, but they're a lot of fun. No, I, I, I kind of love that, you know, desert flowy cross country riding. I, I think there's something just peaceful about being out in the desert. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's, a <laughs> definitely a different style. Lots of loose, uh, kitty litter and <laughs> pretty chunky, but it can, you know, can be a little intimidating riding past cactus that was probably my first mental block i had to overcome <laughs> yeah yeah no no yeah. doubt just don't just don't bail near the cactus and you'll be fine yeah yeah it's, it's a good time though yeah awesome all right well thanks again stephanie and uh we'll we'll chat in the future but have a good day yeah thanks zach have a good day okay bye bye All right, again, a big thanks to Stephanie for jumping on this week's session. Uh, what a great conversation that was. I hope that you guys um, felt her energy and her drive to really helping um, female riders become more confident. I, I love that that's kind of her mission right now because, again, I think um, when we start to develop that confidence, it just really um, helps us enjoy the things that we do a lot more um, and we're able to approach things easier. Um, a couple of things that I really stood out to me as we had this conversation is I, I loved how her boyfriend just said um, that line of, well, not with that attitude, it won't, right? Like sometimes you never know where you get this bit of advice from. It could just be a random statement that you hear, but how it can completely change your perspective and your mindset to things. So, um, you know, on a therapeutic level, I've had people say something to me that I, they didn't intend for it to go one way or the other, but that's the way that I took it. Um, and maybe you've had that situation happen as well. So again, those just little statements that help us open our mind to different possibilities. Um, and again, just the, the whole idea of building confidence up and how, you know, 
our nutrition, the things we're feeding our bodies, the things that we're doing to strengthen our bodies and our minds can um, just help us in so many areas and how that can help us with biking and just with everything in life. Um, I remember reading something somewhere that made me laugh. It was like the best upgrade you can do on your mountain bike or road bike is doing squats, <laughs> like working out your legs, um, putting in that time, putting in that effort. But um, a lot of times we don't want to do those things because it takes effort. It takes work. Um, it takes planning. It takes um, that dedication when really we just would rather pay a lot of money um, to have you know, the nicest, lightest thing. But really that's not what's going to help you the most. The, the biggest thing is going to um, making sure that you're doing what you can for yourself um, in those moments. So whether it's biking or any other aspect of your life, of recognizing what you can improve on, um, you know, researching about it and, and going through and following through with that. And sometimes we need some some accountability. We need a coach to be there with us. And so, again, that's what's awesome what Stephanie's doing is to really help people um, get back into it. So if, uh, if you know somebody that's interested in getting into riding, specifically, you know, female riders, um, mountain bikers, or they're a little bit scared, um, man, reach out to Stephanie. I think that she is an awesome resource to get people, um, to get female riders out on the trail and, and enjoying the sport. So um, awesome conversation. Okay, again, I'd like to appreciate uh, or just say I appreciate everyone um, listening, sharing this uh, with your friends, with your family, with anyone that you know that um, is thinking about getting into riding or um, that wants to get into riding or that they ride themselves. Um, I, I, it's been great. I, I've enjoyed all the responses that we I've been getting. So um, again, appreciate it and just keep at it. Let's ride this out.